The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Juan Soto has been dealt, but Wilson Contreras has not. Tyler Malley has been dealt, so has Frankie Montas. There's a whole lot more to talk about as we go through all the trade online deals here on Rotowire's Fancy Baseball Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm Jeff Erickson. He's Fred Zinke. It is Tuesday night. We're doing a different time just so we could go after the trade deadline. A very busy day after a really slow week. The last two days, Fred, have uh, lived up to expectation, I would have to say. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I we talk, It's funny, we had talked about doing this right at the deadline, like right at 6 p.m. Eastern. And then we decided to leave it for an extra hour. I'm very, very glad that we left it for an extra hour because Same. so, so Same. much. I think, I think not that everything we are about to say will be right. In fact, a lot of it will be wrong in the end. But I think we have, will probably have better takes on these trades than we would have at 6 p.m. Especially when trades like the Rizal Iglesias trade that we'll, we're going to talk about, the Whit Merrifield trade. Those trades are coming in like at six or after or later. Six. Yeah, Iglesias was like six. 610 almost right. and then uh yeah we saw a couple of tiny lines leak through there's a lot of last minute deals which is always the case but it's it's it was good to see it was really fun to see uh that and of course the lead option has to be the san diego padres um and what all that they did they did a lot uh but it starts with juan soto uh i was skeptical at first that a soto deal would ever happen especially in season I think there was probably a 50-50 chance he wouldn't get dealt. I was wrong. Uh, I, 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 you know, I had heard all these rumors. Okay, the Padres are leading candidate, but so many times that's incorrect. Uh, you, some, so many times it's it's a case there where you know, oh, okay, you know, uh, it, it it's an issue there where oh yeah, that's a leading candidate because what the the agents have fed. They're the leading candidates to get Max Scherzer last year, but it happened. It happened this morning too. Not right up. Not in the deadline. And, you know, not at noon, it happened, well, not noon, noon my time, but noon your time. It, it did happen around noon your time. I was able to talk about it on Sirius XM today. It was a big, big deal there. What did you think about that trade? 
I thought it was about what you figured they would get back for Soto. Um, I know people had compared it to the Trey Turner and Max Scherzer trade. They had talked about the Miguel Cabrera trade, although comparing it to a trade like 15 years ago feels maybe a little foolish. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought maybe the Dodgers trade for Turner and Scherzer, because that added up, I believe, to two and a half seasons so or something in that range. So I think that was maybe a better comparison. Um, I thought it was fair value. Um, I thought it was smart of them to get Josh Bell thrown in. He's not a throw-in. Right, no good player included. Uh, included. That's right to get him included. I, I have no idea how those conversations work. Did AJ Preller take it right down to the end and they had arranged a deal? And he's like, Oh, and I want Josh Bell, or was he in it the whole time? I don't know. Um, but I, I no, I think it was, I think it was fair value for Soto. For you're never going to get fair value for Soto, I think it was as fair as they were going to get. I'm not surprised that it was done like much earlier than the deadline. I think it's the kind of deal that's so big that you figure out a team that's really willing to do this, you figure out the players and you make the deal instead of nickel and diming the Padres and wanting them to throw in like, Oh, we want one more mid-level prospect. No, we got the Dodgers on the phone. I think you can do that with some of these guys who who were traded at the deadline for one or two prospects. When we're talking about a Juan Soto type deal, and there were all the hiccups with Hosmer. So, um, you know, I think that, uh, I think even with, with those hiccups too, I think, it was they had to get it done early and then figure it out the rest of the day. And they did. And I think actually in our show notes, I still have Hosmer going to I think I, I never, don't think I ever changed that. I didn't. So yep. I still have it's Hosmer. Luke Voigt, not Hosmer. It's Luke Voigt um, now and Hosmer's a Red Sox. Yeah. So yeah. fantasy wise, I think this is a small increase in value for Soto and Bell. I mean Soto is who he is, Bell is who he is. They're in a better lineup. They're in a team that's going for it. I think it's not a monumental change, but I think it's because the park change isn't isn't much or anything, but I think it's a small change uptick in their value. Do you agree? Yeah, um, I, I think so. Uh, I, I think it helps Luke Voigt a lot, although he's on a yep. bad team. There'll be nobody there with him. Yep. He'll play every uh, game so down the stretch. Yep. He'll play every game and hit in a better ballpark. Washington in the summertime is a great place to hit. Great, great place to hit when it's hot. He's pro- yeah, he's probably their cleanup hitter every game from here yeah. on out. Luis Garcia batting in front of him and dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Nelson Cruz, Victor Robles. Yeah. How about Uh, Nelson Cruz didn't get traded? Who's going to trade for him? Have you looked at what he's done this year? For sure. I, you're right. I thought maybe some team you're right. So, so that must mean that they couldn't even give him away. Not really. That even that no team was willing to trade like their 30th best prospect just to have Nelson Cruz kind of rotate in another DH and pinch hit down the stretch. Yeah. Um, I think he's done. This is it for him. I, I would think so. I mean, yeah. there's a date for everyone. I yep. thought he looked, I thought he'd bounce back after last year. I was wrong. I rostered him a couple of places, yep. but yeah. And you know, keep in mind, you're getting zero defense from Cruz. So there's that. Um, he, you know, he, he's been slumping lately. 661 OPS this yep. year. Yeah. Uh, they have 10 homers. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It's a rough, it's been a rough year and I'm, I'm sure, you know, the, the team context doesn't help, but he, cho- he chose to stay in there too. But uh, now looking at what they got, so they got James Anderson's number five prospect and Robert Hassel. His, his, their, uh, we got his number 11 prospect and uh, in, uh, in James Wood, they got the number 205 prospect in Harlan Susana. They got two guys that would be top 100, if not top 20 prospects in CJ Abrams and Mackenzie Gore, had they not already graduated, maybe yeah. top 50. I might be overstating the case. Point is they got a really significant haul here. Um, 
they needed to. Their farm system was really badly barren. Um, it was not a good farm system. Their top three players in their farm system were all added in the last two weeks. Elijah Green being number three, uh, being a guy that got drafted in the first round this year. Brady House was a first-round draft pick last year, and he's kind of fallen backward a little bit. Kate Cavalli had a slow start to the season, and they've had a lot of other prospects fail. You know, you look at, like, uh, you know, Carter Keybust is one of those guys um, that, that that didn't develop pitching-wise. They just haven't gotten much from their young pitchers. Josiah Gray looks good. Uh, yeah. And they and Kiebert Ruiz, who, I, I like his long-term future, too. He's not, He's had mixed returns this year, but – I, I think that that's still it's it's okay of a return, but the whole thing is they didn't have to make a trade right now. That's the one thing. I think they think they could get more for him now than in the offseason. They might be right about that. I'm not sure, but at the same time, they didn't. They, they did this very public negotiation with Soto. They said, "Well, we offer the you know you, you got Buster only out there parroting what they say like the highest contract ever. No, not an average value. I mean, it was a 13 year deal that they were offering." Uh, it was like 20th, 20th highest in, in baseball in average annual value. And you know he's a Scott Boris client. You know average annual value matters to him. So, but it's, so it's kind of disingenuous to say that. Like, oh, we did our best. Sorry, we have to. We had to trade him. Our hands were right. They're selling the franchise. The learners are. And you know that was a big issue for them. You know, it's either get them signed or under under market signed, by the way, or, you know, clean the, clear the books. And that they chose the clear the books method. Yeah, I, I think this is what they had. I think this might be almost what they had to do. You know, you mentioned a lot of their failures. They also didn't accept, expect Steven Strasburg to be a complete zero at this yeah. point in his career. Patrick Corbin signing hasn't turned out at all. Um, and that's a big contract. So, And just a big spot in their in on their team. This is what they have to do. They had to add several prospects. They have to tear it all down, which they've done. They have to let these guys slowly emerge as major leaguers over the next two or three years, and then they can start signing free agents to, you know, veteran free agents to go along. I don't know if they had to do this. That's that's what I'm arguing is they didn't oh, okay. have to do this. Um, at least they didn't have to do it now. Um, they let Rendon walk. Now, granted, Rendon's been hurt. In, do you think Soto was just unwilling, though, to, to tie himself to a team that's in last place and has a terrible farm system? Um. It's like no possible, matter what, the but, but they, I mean, no, because I mean, they entered negotiations in the first place. There was back and forth. Um, right. It's just, they yeah, didn't okay. match his, they didn't match the, what he perceives to be the market rate. I mean, on an annual basis, it was like $29 million, which yes, is amazing and a lot of money, but it's also less than many other players in baseball. Um, yeah. And you're never getting another contract again. This is his last, it's, it's it. If you sign a 13 year deal, it's done. No matter what happens, the rest of the market, no matter if players are making $50 million five years from now. I mean, he is an inner circle player. He's a generational player. He's 23 years old. I think, you know, he, I think if you give him the right deal, he stays. But they, that, that obviously that didn't come close. I mean, it was rejected pretty quickly. Uh, and yes, you know, the, the, the Nats may have had an expectation he would have signed it. Maybe they would have given him a little bit of a uh, original team discount, but. I think the definition of that was starkly different between the two parties and that happens, but uh, that's, that's business. That's baseball. I get it. Um, it's just, it, it's the, it's the total package makes it sound so outrageous that he turned it down, but yeah. it, context matters. And yeah. I, I just don't think that, you know, the context was right.
But this might have been the time to sell if this is what you could get the biggest draw. And the Padres really are going for it. They had the combination of a desire to, to win now, win this year, and win the next two years, too. It's not just this year. Um, and the prospects to deal. You know, there's there's other franchises that, sure, they're, they're just as desperate to win, but they don't have the prospects to trade. Yep, absolutely. The Padres are in a perfect position, and they should go for it, and they're getting Tatis back and a lineup with Tatis – Machado and Soto hitting some in some order, two, three, four, probably, or one, two, three. And Bell and, hitting fifth in that lineup is so pretty darn yeah, good, or too. Fourth, or... like they could put Tatis in the leadoff spot. I think yep. that would make a lot of sense. Soto second, Machado third. Like Soto is such an on-base machine. Making him second makes a lot of sense to me. Machado third, and then maybe Bell hits cleanup. The bottom half of that lineup is fine. It's not yep. getting the right home vote. Um, it's fine. But, it's the it, top it went half. from being one of the first two spots in the order to seven and eight or eight and nine yeah. now, though, too. Yeah, I mean, Luke, Griffin uh, goes uh, all the way down to batting last. For sure. And that, that, that's just fine. Uh, Alfaro is actually a better than average offensive catcher this year. Uh, so that's been, you know, he's been a nice add for this team. Uh, and by, he just had another hit to make him make him, make him go up 11-5 in the first game of the doubleheader. They're playing some inspired ball after this trade. And it wasn't just that. It, it, let, let, it, doesn't, right. it doesn't end there. It's also adding Brandon Drury. It's also adding Josh Hader. I mean, this is this is a big, big day in Padres history. Big twenty uh, forty eight hours in Padres history. Uh, what did you think about the Hader for Rogers and and not just change, but Rogers plus? I think it's a better way of phrasing it. It wasn't pocket change they got there. What did you think no. about that deal? Uh, well, I think it's another go for it deal by the Padres, and it's another spread out our time in contention for the Brewers, which I think is fits Milwaukee and fits the yeah. Brewers. Like the Brewers, I think, are not in all in are not all in this season. They're hoping to make the playoffs. They'll see what kind of noise they can make when they get there. They would be a tough team to play in the playoffs with Woodruff and Burns in a short series. Um but the Brewers, like you can see by the the lack of other moves they made at the deadline, they're not all in. And now they've traded Hader, who wouldn't have been on the team for as long, for Rogers will be on the team for longer i believe because of his contract and then they've also added ruiz who might be their center fielder who knows no he's not right now but he might be at some point this year right prospects so i think it's just two teams both who could be in the postseason but with maybe different different um sense of urgency to that's right that's right uh and, and i'll say this it's really hard to find a good center fielder they just yep. had Lorenzo Cain retire this year. I mean, they've been using like Tyrone Taylor out there. They've been using uh, Davis out there. Both options are kind of la- uh, f- found lacking. Ruiz could be that guy um, if, if he can hit enough. Uh, I think the defense is there. The speed's there. Uh, Fantasy-wise, we want to see him get the call, but he may be in AAA for a while. Yep. Uh, but they got some, you know, they got some other parts there that are pretty good too. Uh, the thing I that caught my eye was uh, – I mean, I, I think, you, you know, you look at uh, Denelson Lamette, and that's a guy that's really yep. interesting to me. That's right. So the Brewers took all these pieces that are interesting, I think, and then said, okay, let's now we'll, we'll – the Brewers have done a good job with their pitchers, right? So they're, they've said – well, I even forgot that Freddie Peralta's back. Like, that's a danger. Yep, that comes back this week, yep. Yeah, for the postseason. So tomorrow, yeah. So I think they've said, we'll take all these pieces. I mean, let's be, let's be serious. Rogers was a – top flight fantasy closer a month ago. So 
I mean, and he had been a good reliever for the twins for a long time. So, I mean, this is someone who's, who had fallen on hard times, but he's a lefty. They can put Devin Williams in as the closer. Williams could be like super valuable in fantasy down the stretch. Rogers could be part of a setup man committee. He could get the odd save when it makes sense for a lefty to be there in the ninth inning instead of the eighth. Um, I think the Brewers are that kind of forward thinking organization to do all that. Like you said, Ruiz, may not give us everything we want this season, but by next season, he could be their starting center fielder. He's been good at getting on base in the minors. So maybe he hits high in the lineup. Like, I think, I think all of that, I think all that for the Brewers, I think it all makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's, it's probably value. I'd say just horizontal for hater for fantasy for the rest of the season. He was sure. already great um, value. In fact, the two most saves in baseball, these two pitchers, right? Rogers yeah. and hater. I think so. That's right. So, and then, so I'd say value obviously way down for Rogers, way up for Devin Williams. Uh, I, I wouldn't say it's a lock. Devin Williams gets all their saves down the stretch, but I think he'll lead the team and saves the rest of the way handily. Do you so I don't think it's way down for Rogers because I think it was already down. He had already guess- lost the job. He had already been, say they're using a committee without him. Luis Garcia picked up saves on Sunday and Monday, Monday after the trade, but Sunday and uh, leading to a bunch of people picking up Luis Garcia, who, I didn't know until Sunday throws 101 miles an hour. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he that you know all those fab bids for Garcia. You know, it's just like ah, I mean, at least you got one save out of it minimum, and maybe you put another in one lineup. in the double header today. Yes, some people may not have put him in their lineup. They may have bid on him. This guy, the hater trade. This guy, right? Yeah. And you got no saves because you didn't even get the one save. So I spent the fab and didn't even get the and didn't get the the, the fun to go with it there. When I when I say it's value way down for Rogers, the reason I feel that way is I felt like there was a there was an opportunity for him to have maybe like a few clean innings and then get that Padres closer job back from Garcia. Whereas in Milwaukee, I just don't think it's going to happen. See, I disagree. I think they like using Williams in the seventh and eighth inning a lot. I guess uh, I don't know if they're going to necessarily go to Williams right away. They could go Rogers some if there's if a situation calls for a lefty. They could go with Boxberger. I think that. You know, Craig Council is really good at manipulating that bullpen too. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets them here. The problem is you're not going to be able to count on it. It's you're just going to have to hope. I mean, you don't obviously you don't start him this week if you have the flexibility to change your roster beforehand. You probably don't because Padres played a game on Monday. But you know, I I, I wouldn't be surprised if Rogers is still in the mix. So you wouldn't drop Rogers, even I would not. Even I, I would not. Okay, I think I would drop him in a twelve. I th- I, I'm not that optimistic. And Williams, okay. not much to say on Williams because he's basically not available. So a bunch of people had a great setup man on the bench and may or on their roster and may now have a great closer and we'll see. Yeah, he's that's right. way more valuable than he was, but there's not much actionable unless you're in a trading league, I guess, other than that and your deadline hasn't passed. But right. in leagues, there's not much actionable you can do on Williams. Yeah, there, there's you, other places. Yeah, you could. You could. Um, and, and safe plus hold leagues, you know, Boxberger's always definitely going to gain a little bit of value because he moves up one rung in the ladder, probably. Uh, or at least he's he's a, even with Rodgers, I would say. Right. Um, so, yeah, you're, I think you're right about that. So, uh, yeah, that 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 was a fun little trade. I mean, the Brewers, I mean, they behaved. I mean, this is like you said, this is how they extend the window for themselves without really hurting themselves too much in the short term. Which you know, it's a first place team. You know who else always trades their closer it was Billy Bean. I mean, Billy Bean did the same thing yeah. all the time, and it worked famously. I, I remember Billy Taylor getting dealt, uh, and they get their future closer out of it. They you know they trade you know they 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 traded 
for and and away with Keith Folk. They did the same, I think, with Isringhausen. This is what he this is what they did, and they found that to be like a way to add value to the team. So it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if this is just something that they do in the you know they they that the yep. Brewers just kind of found too. And it, let's face it, the market for relievers wasn't that great, um, except the Twins going out and getting Jorge Lopez. Let's talk Twins next because you and I just said it before the podcast started. The Twins had a great trade deadline, really great trade deadline. I mean, they didn't get the biggest names, but they got targeted acquisitions. They got Tyler Molly, who I I think is going to do really well in Minnesota. They got Jorge Lopez, and they got Michael Fulmer, too, to add to their setup package because they needed another starter, and they needed to fortify that bullpen, and I think they did that really well. And their their competition, the White Sox and the Guardians, did virtually nothing. That's right. Yeah, it seems like for the Twins, full speed ahead to try to make the postseason – um, yeah, I mean, the White Sox were the favorites to make the postseason out of that division at the start of the year. So they could certainly, you know, Luis Roberts coming back, like they could certainly still like some of their guys like Lucas Giolito, we know have the talent to turn things around. It could still happen. But the Twins have set themselves up really well. I think Tyler Malley will be much more effective as a member of the Twins than he was with the Reds. I mean, his is so obvious. The home road splits yes. this year throughout his career. It's easily traceable. It's home, home run prevention. Um, he should be much better um, as a member of the Twins. Like if, if you have Mally, yeah, you're dancing about this one. You're loving it. Um, the bullpen is interesting. And, and I think that's something fantasy managers are going to care a lot about right now. Like does Lopez become their closer? Do they just kind of committee it with Lopez and Pagan and Duran and now Fulmer is in there? Do just the four of those guys kind of like share saves and, you know, share like the seven, eighth and ninth inning, depending on who's fresh and matchups and things like that. Or, you know, I don't, I don't know. What do you, what do you think about that? I try to recall, I think Rocco Baldelli had a quote saying he was going to pitch him in the ninth inning. Um, let me see if I can find that quote. It was yeah. one of those, I'm not going to use the word closer quotes, sure. uh, but I think it was, I, I, I do think he kind of acknowledged that there's going to be a lot of ninth inning usage out yeah. of him. And I mean, uh, while, while you're looking, I can mention, you know, Lopez, like he's been great this year and, and a good closer prior to this year, he was terrible and was not a closer. So this isn't like they traded for like Craig Kimbrell or Rizal Iglesias or one of these guys who has several years of being a closer. Like it's not like Lopez is a guy who has to be a closer. He's just a guy who Baltimore made their closer this year and he, and he had done well with it. Um, he should be fine at doing it with the twins. It, but they, they could easily just say we're going to share saves and give some of these other guys opportunities. But I, I would say, did you find the quote? Because before I hear the quote, I would say I would keep Lopez in every league. I would yeah, not I'm, add, I would not add Fulmer. I would be pretty willing to cut Pagan at this point. Oh, and, yeah. Pagan's – oh, let's go last first. Pagan's an easy cut because yeah. he's not even the first one. Yeah. Uh, the and guy. Then, Duran's Duran, a guy I hold Duran, if it's I not Lopez. Keep. Yeah, I would keep Duran, keep Duran, keep Lopez for now. Yeah. Cut the others too. I'm still scrolling on the quote. I'm looking at yeah. Brandon Warren's timeline because he's my go-to for all things Philly. But the problem is he's got like a thousand tweets today, right. uh, like almost every uh, but beat right. But the Twins yeah. were very active, so it's it's very difficult. But uh, yeah, uh, I'll find it at some point here. But I, I believe that the line was he will pitch. Lopez will pitch in the ninth inning. Um, you know, the thing is, I think Lopez changed himself significantly that there is some sustainability yep. there. But if I'm the Orioles, I think I still think it was smart of them to do it. I think this was kind of one of those win-win trades. 
Um, you know, I, I think that's one of those where you look at what they were, what the Orioles are at right now, like a two or like I think the line was like a two percent chance at the third wild card. That's not a contender. Um, you know, that that's a team that's having a feel good story, but you do your best to uh, still win in the future. I know there's value in making the playoffs, but you, I think when Lopez, I think they traded Lopez at his peak at the same time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I agree with that. I, I think looking, and I think as much as we just gave the twins a lot of credit, when I look at their roster, I do see a team that I think is an easy out in the playoffs compared, compared to other players. Like every other year. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, like, okay, so when I look at their rotation in a three-game series in the first round, Sonny Gray, Tyler Malley, and Joe Ryan, like, it's fine, but it's not, compared to what some other teams will roll out, it's not great. It's fine. Their, their, like, their batting order, again, it's fine. Like, Carlos Correa is their best hitter. He's good. He's, like, he's not Aaron Judge. Like, the other guys, Polanco, Reyes, Buxton, like, they're, they're fine. The bottom of the order is nothing special. It's got guys like Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela. It's not a good lineup for a playoff team. To me, they look like a team that can make the playoffs, but unless they get lucky, is an easy out. But that bullpen will obviously try to be part of the solution. And I think just making the playoffs for the Twins would be, and winning their division, would be a really successful season. And, you know, even if, you know, if the Twins played the Rays in the first round, I don't know. Right now, I would take the race. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what but I think they win at least one game. No, at least it's no longer yeah. one and done for them. They've yeah. got that going for them yeah. uh, after like, and, the, and you never incredible know. streak. There's, yeah, there's so much of a luck factor. And the Twins will have all three games at home, as long as I understand the new baseball playoff rules That's properly. Right. The Twins will play all three games at home. I'm still not picking them to win the series, I think, unless the other team's got some injuries. But whatever. They're going for winning their division. And they picked up Mally, who's I right? Am I right? I believe he's under contract for next year as well. Yes, he is. Right, that's his yes, free agent. Next year's his his year. So next year they could trade him again if they're not in contention and get some of what they gave up for him back, or yeah. or they could have him for another postseason. So I could not find the quote by the way. That's okay. I, suck I, at I, I think I'm with, I'm with you that. So what I found really interesting about this is we talked leading into the deadline. A lot of people talked about all these closers on losing teams could see all their fantasy value sapped at the deadline well a bunch of them weren't traded so that's great david bednar scott barlow etc um there were plenty that were though lopez got traded but this is what i was gonna say lopez got traded into one of the few situations where he could actually go to a new team right and still get saves and then david robertson who we can talk about later he got traded to a team where he could go and get could yeah that's 50 50 though yeah I mean, but could get saves none of these guys got traded to a team where, you know, it's just a clear setup. Ah, right? but you're wrong because there except is one. Except for one. That's right. Yes. That's where I was going with this whole thing. Except for one guy who none of us really talked about and no one really saw it coming. That was the, it, it just shows how much planning just doesn't always work out. And we stashed Scott Efferis in case he was the Cubs closer and he got traded. And oh, that's not the were, one I'm referring to. No, I know. And people oh, okay. were selling low on some of these other guys. And the and yeah, I'll, I'll I'll drum roll you. And drum roll, please. The closer who just lost his job is. I'll, you can answer it. Bryzel Iglesias. Yes, of course, of and course. No one saw it coming, and is way higher end as far as like what was invested in him is way higher end than all the guys we were just talking signed about. a four year deal in the off season. It's it's crazy. No one sees the Iglesias coming. Uh, 
it's yeah, I, 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 this is not, and this is now the second time where it's been a little bit of a surprise deal there when he was traded away from the Reds two years ago, it was a surprise deal too. Um, unpleasant surprise. Now here's the key on this deal here. Iglesias signed this four-year deal. The incumbent co- closer is Kenley Jansen who signed a one-year deal. Kenley Jansen closes this year, but Iglesias closes the next That's three. Great. So I think that's an easy conversation with Iglesias. We know Iglesias will want to be the closer. They bring him in and say, hey, we need to work some earlier. We need to work the eighth inning for the rest of the season. Right. Kenley's going to be the closer. You're our closer next year. 100% guarantee we're not going to sign a closer in the offseason. You're our guy. You're getting paid like the guy. You don't have to worry about that part of it. And we'll throw you a save chance once in a while. That's right. Because Kenley doesn't go back to backs very often. That's right. And you're clearly capable of handling it. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and it covers the Braves. I thought it was interesting when the Braves traded Will Smith because, but then this all made more sense once they got Iglesias. This kind of covers the Braves in case Jansen has any more heart issues, which is not something I think they predicted, like like an arm injury or something like that. Um, So it just kind of covers them a little bit that way. But yeah, I think, Iglesias is a tough one. Like, I guess you have to keep him for now. There will be some fantasy teams where he will not be worth keeping. I think in a couple of weeks, I think in 12s, it's a really hard call Yeah, Ten, and tens even harder. Uh, still 15s. I think he's a keep and I think he, it's not that difficult of a decision. We'll see how the Braves use him, but I think the Braves are a good team. They're going to provide many chances. So, There'll be times when Kenley's not not available. It does hurt like the secondary guys in the at Braves bullpen. The other guys that you know AJ Minter. Yeah. AJ Minter. Um, you know, Colin McHugh, although McHugh was yep. never really closing. He's but, not really uh, in that late inning picture. He's just yeah. there for the ratios. But you're right. Every 15 team league team probably has just a really good setup man on their roster. And mm-hmm. he can be that guy now, even though it's disappointing. Uh, if I gave you an over under of four and a half saves the rest of the year for Kenley Jansen, what would you take? You mean for Iglesias? Or for Iglesias, sorry, my bad. What would you um, take? I would go over. Okay. I would probably, I'd probably personally set the line at like seven. I mean, it's two. You think about it, there's about seven, eight weeks left in the season. About once a week is what I'm, I'm thinking is what he averages. And it, it once will a week be, is what he's been averaging on the Angels, so that wouldn't actually take away it, any value. It, it probably even less the way the Angels have played lately. He has 16, and right, so far yeah. this year. So, yeah. And yeah. he was probably like the fourth closer taken in a lot of drafts. Yep. Third, third yep. to fifth, maybe third in that third. range. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'd say third in many drafts. Uh, but yeah, it, it's yeah, huge disappointment because of the angels. I mean, I remember I'm old enough to remember when the angels were a game ahead of the, uh, the Astros yes. in like early May. And there were articles about there like oh, the Astros finally have some competition. And it made sense, Fred. I mean, and the I, I Angels did. were finally going to cash in on Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, right? And and actually yeah. go to the playoffs with them together. That would have been yeah. amazing. Yep. Who's the so, Angels' new closer before we leave this one? So I think it's one, either Ryan Tapera or yeah. it might be Jesse Chavez, who got traded yet yeah. again. Who I think he's like the most traded player in baseball now. I, I think I saw something on that. I don't know the yeah. exact stat. It might have been hyperbole, but it, it he's been traded a lot. Uh, so, uh, you know, he could, he's having a good enough year. Yep. Uh, he, he could do it. He could do it. I mean, the question is, does it matter? No, I, I actually, I actually think they're going to go with a really gross closer committee that yep. serves to give us basically no value. That's yeah. kind of my, I did. So how about this in Yahoo friends and family? I didn't even go out to check if Ryan Tapera was available. And I thought of it before Same. this before, and I didn't feel strongly enough. So I grabbed, 
um, Felix Bautista a few days ago. I'm, oh, not such a cutting good grab. Him. I'm not cutting him for Ryan Tapera. And then yesterday, and we can get to this one maybe in a minute, but yesterday I grabbed Michael Givens. Um, and Oops. We, yeah. And so anyway, so. He we'll got just, traded to the Mets late. Uh, right. I don't even so, know if you noticed that. One I didn't day. notice that. So I, so I, I'll be dropping him, but I don't even know if I'm going to drop him for Tapera. Yeah. You know, Maybe who I, available. so I did go pick up Rowan Wick uh, from the Cubs okay. uh, and I dropped Matt Moore for him. So it might be a lateral move uh, because, but I just figured, you know, Moore got that one save. I'm surprised the Rangers weren't more active in, in selling off like some of their secondary parts, Martin Perez, uh, some of the relievers. I get it. Yep. They have some big names that they signed in the off season. So maybe wanted to have some continuity and build towards next year, but they had news. Uh, John Gray's out four to six weeks now with an oblique strain. He got hurt yesterday. Um, while we're talking about t- uh, injuries, Byron Buxton is getting, checked out again in his knee. He was out of the lineup today when we were talking twins. That might be the most significant twins news of the day. All our gushing over what they did on the trade deadline might not matter if Buxton can't play. Yeah, that's a, well, it's not a bigger loss maybe than the cumulative additions to the pitching staff, but yeah, it would be a, that would be a huge deal. Certainly in the playoffs it is. Yeah. 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 For for sure. So, and jumping, but just jumping back to that, like we were just talking about the Cubs closer situation and the angels closer situation. Like we may have, in fantasy fewer closer situations to draw from down the stretch which is going to be really frustrating for teams that are trying like, that are trying to catch up in saves it's i've been hard really, all year too i'm not really seeing a deadline deal that has opened up unless maybe we're talking about the orioles and, and felix batista i'm not mm-hmm. like i grabbed him but i'm not totally convinced that they give a rookie the clo- full closers job down the stretch they might but i'm not I don't think it's anything close to a lock. I think if it's on merit, they will, but they might do a right. something where it's, uh, well, we want to have them in high leverage situations. They may, yeah. may choose to do that. Uh, but nonetheless, I think that was a very good pickup by you. Savvy pickup by you, Fred. Well, this uh, is my thing in friends and family. I'm never the first guy to the waiver wire, so I have to beat the waiver wire. It's an obvious pickup, though, too. I don't know what I was thinking, not looking for him. I've been stashing guys like that all year. I picked up Ryan Helsley earlier. That's worked out. I picked up Sir Anthony Dominguez. I picked up Robertson or drafted Robertson. I picked up Pete Fairbanks. You know, I'm streaming these guys, you know, yeah. I'm just and it, it get some here and there, but it's been hard to find saves. If you didn't get Clay Holmes, if you didn't get Ryan Helsley, I mean, there haven't been too many saves pickups this year. And if you saved your fab last Sunday in a mixed league thinking, I really need a closer. I got to save my fab by next Sunday. I'm going to go for a closer. I don't know. Maybe someone will emerge the rest. Of the maybe Bautista is available. I mean, maybe, that's the one that, maybe, that's like the one screamingly obvious. Or Maybe someone does get two saves for the Cubs through this or the week. angels or, or the angels. That's right. Maybe they yeah. just Tapera gets two saves and you're like, there we go. I I'm putting triple digits on Tapera. He's going to have to be my savior. Yeah. Um, but there, there, I guarantee you there are people out there who are like, Oh, if I get five more saves, I just found a one more guy. I could catch, you know, five teams in my standing in my saves category. And I got to save my fab money in case someone emerges, I'm not going to bid on Luis Garcia. I'm going to, you know, save my money for someone from the deadline. I, not too much yep. came from the deadline. As That's, far true. As things go. That's true. And like I said, we were briefly talking about, you think Robertson is about 50, 50 with the Phillies. I'm going to give him better odds than Dominguez. I'm not going to say he's like a okay. hundred, but I'm going to go like 70, 30 or something like that. Are we, are we cutting Knable and uh, Mr. Hand? Yeah. For, I, I am. Yeah, I would for sure. 
I think Knievel's so, yeah. now way down the list. Like I think Dominga, so Dominga's good enough to just be their closer down the stretch. Yeah. That's what they want. I just think Robertson maybe a little more saves experience than the older pitcher. I don't know. Maybe he gets the closer's role, and they, Dominga's probably still their best reliever. Like maybe they start using him in some in more of a variety of roles. I don't know. It could they could easily just stick with Dominguez and pitch Robertson in other roles. But like I said, I'm going to handicap it a little bit to Robertson. Fair, fair enough. Uh, I hope you're right. Because even though I have Dominguez and friends and family, I have Robertson in a lot of places. Labor, one of my main event teams. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm really kind of counting on that one there. David Bednar did not get traded. I'm surprised at that. But he, his form was a little lacking recently, so that might have had something to do with it. And the Pirates might not have seen what they liked. You know, and the thing is, he's not. it's not like he's a free agent this year. Bednar is going to be around for a while, so they didn't have to trade him. So that, that right. makes sense. And the other big shocker is Daniel Barr getting signed to a contract extension. Two years, $19 million yesterday. Yep. What are the Rockies doing, Fred? No <laughs> trades at all. Not a single trade. LOL Rockies again. I saw the Rockies listed as the biggest loser for the trade deadline. Oh, you saw me do that? Yeah. Or, you saw, or is that somebody yes. else's list? No, more, I think I saw. More I think reputable I, source. Nah, come on, more reputable. No one's more reputable. No, I saw it. I saw that one. I might have been. I saw a lot of people just mentioning like, "What are the Rockies doing?" But that's so fun to dunk on the Rockies. That's how we always are with the Rockies. Like, and we're not just dunking on them. Like, we are actually looking at them and and saying, "Like, what are you guys doing?" Mm -hmm. Yeah, all the time, all the time. Yeah, it's first guesses, second guesses. It's actually amazing they're not even. We're always we're (laughs) always right about them. They're always doing the wrong thing consistently. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, all the way back, Ian Desmond signings and things like that. You're just, what are you guys thinking? Like I said, it's amazing. It's amazing they're not even worse than they are. Yeah, it is. Anyways, the other team I saw people dunking on was the Cubs um, for not trading Wilson Contreras or Ian Happ, but especially Contreras. Yeah, exactly. SB says Rocky should have gotten Joey Gallo for pennies and rejuvenate his career. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just. It, it makes so much sense. Just get him the heck out of the New York. He just it didn't work there. They could have gotten him super cheap. I mean, yeah, super cheap in terms of talent. But they're probably thinking they want to be super cheap in terms of dollars, knowing them. Because yeah. they're the Rockies. And, you know, Dick Monfort. I mean, I think it's it starts at the ownership level. That's where the rot begins. You know, so many times we dunk on the GMs. But if the, if the owner is saying, no, no, no. I mean, that, that, I think that's what happened with the White Sox, too and Rick Hahn versus Jerry Reinsdorf. So we'll see about that. But we'll get to that in a sec. And we're going to get to uh, the, the Cubbies in a second. But before we do the Cubbies and the lack of Wilson Contreras trade, we got a quick note from one of our sponsors. The weather is heating up, and so are the promotions at Caesar Sportsbook. Today, anyone who is at least 21 years or older, so that includes you, Fred, and in a licensed Caesar Sportsbook state, okay, that's not you, can create a new account and redeem the Caesar Sportsbook promo code ROTO15. That's R-O-T as in Tom, O-1-5. The promo code gives new users a risk-free first bet up to $1,500. Visit Caesars.com slash sportsbooks or download the Caesars Sportsbook app today. Don't forget to use promo code ROTO15 when signing up. All right, so the, the, the Cubs did not trade Wilson Contreras. They had this long, warm hug at Wrigley Field touching moment going away game and before they started this road trip he was as good as gone everybody knew it the cubs kind of went along with it there 
I, I really I'm looking forward to reading all the pieces about why they missed, why they didn't do a trade. Yeah. So does this I, does this mean they're open to trying to sign him and keep him long term? I don't know. That would that would make sense then if they did that before he ever got to free agency. But that's I, to me that was really surprising because he was if they traded him they would get something for him and they could sign him, mm-hmm. right? Like like. I don't know, strategically, that to me would make the most sense, even if they are interested in signing him. Let him hit the open market and so, then sign him. I talked about this on VEASAN a little bit earlier here. I think they were looking, you know, they get a, they're going to get free agent compensation if he signs elsewhere or they resign yeah. him. They're going to get that first round draft pick at the end of the first round, I think it is. Their whole idea has to be, we need something that's going to be better than that. And they, they must have been thinking that, you know, for a two-month rental, they weren't getting better than that. Um, but I would recounter that, I would, you know, I don't know what the offers were, first of all. I think we never will know exactly what the offers are. But you got to think that they could have gotten some reputable prospect that could have, you know, that you at least, you know, can play a little bit in professional ball. There is a big leap between pick 32 and a guy that's doing well at double A, a big leap. There's no guarantee of success. So I'm, I'm a little surprised at that. As I said before, you know, it's not like they stopped any of the chatter, any of the talk about him being on the trade market. They really anticipated moving him. They they yep. dealt away their entire bullpen. Um, so clearly they anticipated being, you know, sellers at the deadline here. They haven't acted like buyers in a while. I mean, except for the Seiya Suzuki signing, which, you know, that, that it, which is a little disconnect between everything else they've done. Yeah, I, I'm surprised he didn't get dealt. I'm surprised the Guardians didn't go after him. I think once the Astros traded for Vasquez, and we'll talk about that in a second, you know, that kind of just screwed the market a little bit there for uh, for, for Wilson Contreras and for the Cubs. I, I thought the Yankees would have been a fit. Like, the Yankees are pretty all in this year, right? Jose Trevino has been okay, but, I mean, come on. You can replace Two him. homers yesterday. Two yeah. homers. Saved his job, maybe saved his job. The Mets, maybe. Joe McHugh got uh, talked yes. about him. I've seen a lot of people yes. dunking on the Mets, and we'll get to that, too. Yeah, because uh, I have some comments on the Mets, but yeah, I'm surprised. I'm really surprised. Yeah. Anyways, I don't know. Like you said, the Rays? we don't know, we don't know yeah. what the answer. We don't know what the offers were. So, yep. I guess, but in theory, it seems very foolish. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, talking about inaction, let's let's stick in Chicago. The White Sox. Oh my goodness, Fred! They sat on their hands. They added Jake yeah. Diekman. That's it. That's the list. So you know, they made it very public that they were in on Otani. As if Otani was available. I mean, it was pretty clear it was like only if there's like a shoot for the moon sort of deal, like the, the Soto trade, which there clearly wasn't. And then, oh, well, we did our best. We tried. Um, they didn't do anything, which it's it's stunning to me. It's been a it's a it's been a disappointing season for the White Sox for clear. And I know they've been hurt a lot, but they've also underperformed. I think they've done I I, don't, I also think they sat on their hands in the offseason. Their only acquisition in the offseason was Kendall Graveman. They, they really haven't done anything. Um, and the Twins were active, but the White Sox and the Guardians were just like, nope, we refuse to do anything. Yeah, and the White Sox are three games out of the division. And when I look at their lineup and their rotation and their bullpen, it seems to be about as good as Minnesota's. I don't see why that they, you know, why they felt like they couldn't add anything. And it has some, like, pretty obvious and maybe easy to fill holes. Like, they could get an outfielder to replace Gavin Sheets in their lineup. Josh Harrison's in their lineup. Like it's a, like you said, they could have added more than Jake Diekman to a bullpen that, that like has maybe underachieved a little bit, but has some 
decent pieces in it. The rotation, though, like Cueto has been fine for them. I think you just have to count on Giolito and Lance Lynn to pitch better. Well, that's just the thing. Lance Lynn is showing some signs. Giolito has been terrible at home. Just awful at home. I I tweeted right before the show. I actually used Giolito in the Tout Wars DraftKings thing tonight. But, man, I had a lot of hesitation. I I, I almost didn't pull the trigger. He's at 6,800 when when the top starting pitchers are going for 10,000. Uh, in a home start against the Royals. And I yeah. still had hesitations about it, palpitations almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, it's really remarkable how bad he's been this year. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. He, he like they, they have no choice but to just keep running him out there and hope that he figures it out. We just did a tout wars, the tout table. And people, and we said, what was it? It was, was it Lance Lynn? No, it was Giolito, Brios, and I, oh, and Trevor Rogers. Which player is the pitcher is the most likely to turn things around? And at least at the time I put my entry in, I felt like most people were picking Giolito. Yeah. I picked Brios and commented that I think he already has turned it around. Um, in like his last six starts, his ERA is like below three and a half. Like I think he's already, I think he's already turned it around. I'm not saying he's going to be an ace down the stretch, but I think he's already come back to being mostly what you expected of him. Giolito hasn't he's, turned it around at all. This is what he does, though. He's reeling you in, Fred. And <laughs> the two-run, the two-inning, two seven-run start is coming, eh? Well, just look at I, For him, to me, it's all about schedule. He's a classic bully. Yeah. Uh, you, fade, you know, you, you know, it's Detroit, St. Louis, Kansas City, 13 strikeouts against the Phillies. Wow, that's impressive. Oakland, Tampa Bay, those are his last six starts. So Philly yeah. without Bryce Harper is the only one that yeah. even remotely scares me at all. St. Louis is – well, St. Louis actually didn't have Goldschmidt and Arenado. Right, so, exactly. So that yeah. doesn't scare you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But winning winning the winnable starts is a big part of being a good pitcher. But you're, you're right. I, but and you I just got to know it, that it's coming. Yeah. And I've said this on this podcast before this year, and I do feel like as someone who watches most of his starts that I can tell in the first inning whether he's got it or not. At the end of the first inning, he struck with the Tigers. He struck, I believe he struck out the side in the first inning in his last mm-hmm. start. Some other starts, just right from the first inning, it's just hard contact, hard contact, hard contact. And you're like, oh, it doesn't happen. You know, me. right? Like, you, yeah, you said this before. You know right away what you're getting. It seems like that. And you go back and look at, yeah, he's just had some some really bad starts this year. I don't know. But but anyways, as far as guys who have turned, he's, hey, if Lucas Giolito against soft competition could do what Brios has done his last six starts, I'm sure White Sox fans would be ecstatic with where things are at right now. So, like I said, I think he's turned it around a bit. Like, I don't know if he's turned around to being like a just set and forget starter again. But anyways, back to the White Sox. You're right. I There could have easily added an outfielder, an infielder, lengthen their lineup. They didn't. They decided, yeah. I guess, that they're just going to cross their fingers on this season. Yeah. Uh, the other team is the Guardians and a series of posts in the form, I think, that are pretty good about this here. Uh, series of three posts. The only GMs I don't question are Tampa Bay and Cleveland. The front offices always seem to be a step ahead. They do money ball better than the A's ever have. Mm-hmm. Following that, the Guardians asked about Sean Murphy. A said they aren't moving him to the offseason. Cleveland doesn't trade top prospects for two-month rentals, so they didn't even ask about Contreras. They also didn't do anything in the offseason. They have a young team. Uh, they're tied for first. Okay, so they're tied for first in the AL Central. A very weak division, in, in my opinion. That. If I guess if you're if you're looking at it as okay they're going to make the playoffs I just don't think this is a team that can win the playoffs at all and I think that's always right. got to ultimately be your goal uh, I, I think that Cleveland's been this been there before too and they they opted not to I mean when it, go, it goes back to Lindor it goes back to even before that 
they 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 refuse to kind of make those moves to put them over the top. Uh, and maybe I'm maybe I'm misremembering history here a little bit, and that, that's not always true. But this recent these recent teams, and I don't think this is at the GM level. I think it goes all the way up to ownership again. I think it's a Dolan thing that they just they don't want to pay that extra amount. Um, they claim to be losing money, and, and even before the uh, pandemic, they were claiming that they you know they they weren't making enough money or something like that. I don't know. I I, I think they've had some very good teams and some great rotations, and haven't been willing to do that extra step uh and in fact when push comes to shove they shove they shove guys out the door uh they shove you know clevenger out the door now there are other things involved with clevenger i get that Mm -hmm. but yeah i think cleveland is probably doing about maybe even a little better than they like than they expected to this year i think sometimes expectation has a bit to do with it like maybe Cleveland, like holy smokes we're only a game out in the division or whatever tied first division like we're right there but like we don't see ourselves as world series contenders. So we're not going to sell, um, you know, prospects at the deadline. We're happy to just kind of putter along in the AL central and stay in the race and see how it goes. And I do know that, and me being a blue Jays fan that when Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins came from Cleveland to Toronto, like Cleveland's not a high budget team. And that was one of their comments at the introductory press conference that they did find it appealing that they would get a higher payroll, cap to work with in toronto and not that toronto's at the very top of payroll but that they would be higher than what they had to work with in cleveland and they absolutely like well look at andrew friedman in la too same right. thing so i mean uh, that was something they mentioned um yeah so i'm bloom in boston uh, yeah, so cleveland has to build something sustainable and not cheap but sustainable and manageable at their payroll and i guess right. trading prospects on this team that's just barely over 500 trading prospects for one for rentals doesn't make sense. Yeah, that, I'd agree with that. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, let's talk about your Blue Jays. They were in a really tough to p- position. Like Tyler Molly, they he they, he probably wasn't available because he he was an anti-vaxer. Um, they so they you know it's hard to get that elite starting pitcher. They ended up pulling a couple of late trades. Mitchell White from the Dodgers, who I kind of like, uh, although he does have issues, as you mentioned uh, in our ch- when we were chatting, uh, you know. He does have issues going deep in the games. He's Ross Stripling 2.0, uh, perhaps. Another former Dodger. Uh, but I actually think Mitch White has some decent long-term upside. Uh, and then they surprised people uh, with the, the Whit Merrifield trade. They also did a weird trade, too, where they traded for Anthony Bass and Zach Pop, trading away a guy who I thought was a pretty good prospect at one point in time, Jordan Groshans. What did you think about the, Jay, the totality of the Jays' moves? Okay, so the Groshans trade you're for sure is underwhelming. Um, Groshans, I think the the answer to that is that um, Groshans has lost a lot of prospect value. He hasn't played well this year, and I think his prospect, I think you'll see him fall on prospect mm-hmm. lists over the next offseason, which is another good reason why it doesn't, it's not always a bad idea to just trade away your prospects when people want them, because yeah. this sometimes happens. And I, so I, see, I saw it with Nate Pearson, for example, too, who they can't give away right now. And was once worth a lot. So, um, anyways, with the Jays, yeah, Pop and Bass, not fantasy factors at all. They deepen the bullpen. They're not great relievers. I think Jays fans would have found it way more exciting if the Jays traded for like a Rizal Iglesias type, but they didn't want to do that. They wanted to trade for guys who are cheap in the bullpen. Pop has a lot of years of control. The Jays love that. Even Bass has a $3 million contract for next year, which the way he's pitching this year sounds like a good idea. I think their plan, we saw this with the Simber Richards trade last year it was to get 
relievers they could have for more than one year. So they start spring training with a bit of a base in the bullpen. Um, yeah. uh, Mitch White, I think for the Jays is just going to be a swing man the rest of the year. That's my guess. I think it was interesting. Like Ross Tripling's actually been really good for them in the rotation. Um, yeah, he has. I don't know. Just doesn't they, go deep. I'm, I know. I, I, and, I, he's like a poor man, Sonny Gray. Right. So it's like, but it's like, are they, were they going to bump him? So they were linked to say Syndergaard. Like Syndergaard hasn't pitched better than Ross Stripling this year. Were they going to no. bump Stripling for Syndergaard? Does that actually make the team any better? It's like, quote, deeper. But instead they grabbed a guy in white who can go in their bullpen, be a multi-inning reliever, or go to AAA and just keep starting and then be available if when they need a starter down the stretch. They didn't want, they didn't, like you said, they couldn't get Mally. I think the Yankees kind of beat them to the punch on Montas. Um, the Merrifield trade, though, was really interesting. I believe that Merrifield, uh, this one's interesting. The Jays have said they view him as an everyday player. George Springer has an elbow problem, has missed three of the last four games, and could end up, I think it's reasonable to say now, he could end up for at least a short IL stint. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he's on the IL, that would make Merrifield startable in fantasy. I'm interested to see, I think this is a value drop for Merrifield, which we don't usually see when a player goes from a bad team to a good team and a bad offense to a good offense. But I feel like in Toronto, I don't know, like unless they hit him lead off sometimes, if, when, when Springer's out, they can hit him lead off. When Springer's back, if he hits low in the lineup and he doesn't play every day, I don't know. I don't know if, if Merrifield's going to be usable and it not definitely not in 10 team leagues and maybe not in 12s. I worry about that with him. He had so much value tied to him just hitting lead off for the Royals or at least high in the lineup and stealing bases. Right. Yep. So you're like, Hey, he's not a great player. He's going to get me 80 or 90 runs scored and steal 30 bases. Um, now I'm not so sure when the Jays are healthy, he's not a better player than Espinal or Biggio who have been playing second base. Um, he's definitely not better than Springer, Guriel and Hernandez. Yeah, I was just going to say, he's not what you would call good. He's no. better fantasy than anything else. I, um, I do see why he fits for the Jays, like because they have this injury concern over Springer, and second mm-hmm. base is arguably their weakest position when everybody's healthy. He can play second. He can play the outfield. It, it, adding him, actually, they didn't pay a ton. Adding him makes sense. Yeah, Honestly, it's almost all about how, how what sort of start he gets off to. Yeah. They gave up, in this deal, they gave up Max Castillo, who's – I actually sneakily pretty good, I think. Okay, yep. And and then Samad Taylor, uh, who I don't know a whole lot about. Um, I think he's kind of just an extra guy in this deal. But uh, you know what? His numbers are okay this year if you number scouting a little bit. He, he's a 23-year-old in AAA, 763 OPS. The year before, 888 in AA. So, yeah, I could see it a little bit. Max Castillo, on the other hand, he's actually in James uh, Anderson's prospect, top 400 prospect list. Number, I think number uh, – like 220 or so. That's not bad. Yeah. That's not bad for, yep. for a guy a who's, guy. Yeah. you know, a 30 plus second base, 30 year olds plus second baseman on the decline. Yep. I, I don't think that's a bad haul at all for that. But uh, it, you know what? If Merrifield gets off to a hot start, it won't matter. I mean, all you need him to do is be good for a couple of months. Yeah. He reminds me a little bit of when the Jays traded for Ben Revere a few years mm-hmm. ago when they were, when they had that Batista Donaldson and Carnassian group, they traded for Ben Revere. He's a little more of an all speedster than Merrifield, but pretty similar. Yeah. Like speedy guy, you know, um, in the outfield, primarily like Merrifield probably primarily be in the outfield. Speedy guy could hit lead off, could hit ninth. I think that's kind of how they'll use him. But for fantasy purposes, I think this is a loss for him. He also has to get vaccinated. That's what's also interesting about the whole thing is, 
he was the guy who, when the Royals came to town, was not vaccinated, but actually said in the media, if I was on a good team, I'd probably get vaccinated. Right, 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 and right. So here we go. He's probably getting vaccinated as of today. The Jays are on a road trip, so he can do the road trip with them. You know, maybe worst case scenario, if he got vaccinated today or tomorrow, that he'd miss a home series or something right. like that. What I read was anybody that wasn't vaccinated uh, to be able, eligible for the first game that they're back, they had to be vaccinated by Friday. Um, now, this be, past Friday, you mean? Yes. Right. Yes. So, so I maybe think he it, misses the series. Yeah. But one series, eh, you can Whatever. deal with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. beyond that, no, not so it's much. It's just fascinating that out of all, out of the, we've seen that as the teams come to Toronto, there aren't that many unvaccinated players. Like no. the Royals, there were Except for the Royals. The other teams just... were all dropping like two guys and stuff right. like that. And the Jays actually did manage to trade for one of them. So, um, yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah. Curing COVID one trade at a time. You're Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, anyways, it's kind of funny, but I, I'm worried as someone who has Merrifield in some leagues. I have him in our labor league. Yes, you do. I'm I'm worried about how much play he'll get. And will they let him just run the bases the Royals did? I always felt like the Royals just really didn't care. They're always losing. You know, he can steal bases. When he had Ned Yost, he loves steals. With the Jays, I don't know if he'll – I don't think he's getting the same green light. If he hits leadoff, say if Springer's out and he hits leadoff, I don't think he's stealing bases in front of Vlad and, and Bichette and everything like as, as much as he was stealing them in Kansas City. And if he's hitting lower in the lineup, he's not getting as many opportunities. Right. That's yeah. that's a good point. I think this is he's one of the few guys who got traded today where I think usually when guys get traded to good teams, it's a win for them. He's one of the guys who I think it's a loss. I can see that. Uh by the way, I think Mitch White's actually in triple A for now, but ultimately he's gonna be in the rotation, I think. But the or they'll go six man. I mean, Manoa's probably gonna make that start. So we'll see what the the uh, the blue jays do. Uh before we move on to the Yankees, uh time to insert a quick note from our good friends on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we are back. Thank you for your indulgence as far as that goes. So the Yankees threw everybody for a curveball with a late trade. Jordan Montgomery traded out of their starting rotation to the St. Louis Cardinals for a hurt outfielder in Harrison Bader, who's dealing with plantar fasciitis. Did not see this one coming, Fred. I always thought it was going to be like, and I know some people are the talking heads uh, were all and, and, and me were all thinking it was going to be like leading up to clearing the decks so they get another significant pitcher like Pablo Lopez, but that never happened. I know it, it, this one, this Montgomery deal, I find curious. Like the Frankie Montas deal makes perfect sense. The Yankees gave yep. up some prospects. The A's got a good return for Montas. The Yankees get a good starter to put in that rotation. But now by trading Montgomery, I would say their rotation, I'd say that's just a wash or pretty much a wash. Like Montgomery had done really well this year. I yeah. don't, Montas might be better he than Montgomery. It was really weird, like from a fantasy perspective, Jordan Montgomery was super unlucky and like yep. super bad timing whenever he had like a, a bad a bad spot in a game. Yep. Yep. His overall yeah. numbers, 369, 110 are pretty good, but it yep. always seemed like it came at the wrong time. Like, like for instance, in his last start against the Royals where he was cruising for three innings and then could, or four innings then couldn't get out of the fifth. Uh, and that, that was seemed like typical of the, the Jordan Montgomery experience. Only three and three. He's made 21 starts this year. It's not like, he, you know, he, he's been hurt or anything. Nope. Jordan Montgomery to the NL Central. I like that. If you're in an NL only league, I I, I think there's going to be lots of guys to go after, but he's one of them. I, I, I'd make a pretty good point after go, of going after. Yeah, and, and maybe he maybe something lately has turned the Yankees off on him. He has been worse lately. Like his mm-hmm. last two starts have been really bad. Um, even before then, he had some some decent ones. He had a little bit of a bad run around the end of June. That's been his worst stretches of the year. Like his ERA late June was under three. So it, it, he's been a little worse lately. Maybe the Yankees have soured on him a bit. Maybe they think they can get more length out of Montas. I think Montas is more valuable to them than Montgomery, but not way yeah. more valuable. And then they add Bader, who, nah, like, I don't know. Last year's Bader was better than this year's Bader. He's stealing a lot of bases, which we care about a lot for in fantasy, but in real life doesn't move the needle. His, his OPS. So I, I looked at him initially and I was like, oh, he'll take over in center field. And then I looked and I was like, oh, I think Aaron Hicks has a slightly higher OPS than Bader this year. So, yeah, but this is this isn't an offensive acquisition. This is a defensive acquisition. Yeah, so he so so they get him in center field now. Hicks kind of moves around a little bit more. Yep, they have better defense. I don't know. I just find the whole thing. I, the Yankees didn't get as much better at the deadline as I thought they were going to. When they first got Montas, I was like, okay, here we go. This is probably mm-hmm. the start of a lot. And now with this one, I don't know. I, they didn't get that much better at the deadline. Their rotation got a little better. They got a better. Oh, set. Montas is huge, though. 
it's, it's so how much better is Montas than Montgomery? Significantly. I think so, eh? So because yes, know. significantly better. Uh, ability to go we, deeper into a game. Keep in mind the bolts for sure. Um, I I think it's a big, big, big difference. Um, I I think that he's going to be someone. I think he, you know, Louis. I think had he not had the shoulder thing a couple of weeks, like a month ago, he would have been on the same level as Luis Castillo in terms of what he would have returned in the trade market. I think it's. I think he's a, a significantly bigger, bigger improvement over who they had over Montgomery or anybody else that they right. were replacing the rotation. I think he slots right in. Probably, let's see, looking at the uh, Yankees rotation right now, I mean, obviously Cole's number one, Nestor Cortez two, Montas three. I think I, I, I start him over Tyon. I start him, I mean, Domingo Herman. The thing that it's surprising to me is Severino just went on the 60-day IL. They kind of left themselves a little naked right now. Uh, that They need Herman all of a sudden. That's the thing that surprised me about the Montgomery trade. Yeah, I, I like I said, I, I don't. I don't love it. I just, yeah, I thought they needed the pitching depth. I'm a little surprised by it. I think, I, I think your points on Montas are fair. I think it just depends on how good you think Montgomery is. Like I said, like his last two starts have been poor, which has pushed his ERA way up. It was in the low threes just like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I, the I Montas part is key. I mean, I don't think you need to do the Montgomery trade necessarily, but Montgomery is not a playoff pitcher. And I, that's why I'm looking. He might have been their the third. Yankees are going to be in the yeah. playoffs. Obviously, they're going to win their division. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. and they're not playing in the three game series either. So yeah. they're thinking straight ahead to a full Which, series. And you need a seven game series. You need length out of your starters. You need to at least get into that sixth inning. You know, get at least two times through the order, if not three. I know they 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 added to their bullpen. They added you know Efros, Trevino, whatever. I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. convinced that was great, but uh, we'll mm-hmm. see. But the. the you know, the big thing is that, you know, Chapman's been better lately, so that helps. Uh, but they needed – I think they needed that stud, a guy that you know that can take the ball in the playoffs and be confident he's going to pitch well. And I don't think Montgomery's it. Um, Tyon might be. Tyon's losing 4 to nothing today, though, so we'll see about that. Um, I don't know. I, I just think that was all with the playoffs in mind. Luis Castillo would have been the dog for them, though. I mean, I think he would have been the perfect fit. I think it was a perfect fit for everybody. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, that that was the guy, you know, and I think the Yankees were in on Castillo. They just they didn't match Seattle's price yeah. or Seattle topped their price or whatever the case may be. Uh, but uh, yeah, um, I, I, you know, Bader, eh, yeah, I think he helps their defense. Maybe it might even be they mix and match Judge and Bader a little bit, though. I have I mean, not Judge uh, Hicks and Bader matching judge that'd be funny uh and they remember they added benintendi last week too um and that yeah, gives them some obp and some defense in the corner a little piece yep. a little bit there uh yeah they're they're gonna have a lot of optionality and that's one thing the yankees will do from the cardinals point uh standpoint you know montgomery is a better pitcher than what they had and i think than better than payante but uh this is a pitch to contact team they still don't have a playoff ace. They added Jose Quintana and they added Jordan Montgomery. Okay. Uh, it's as, as I was tweeting back and forth with Cardinals fans, it's such a current iteration of the Cardinals move. In fact, we, I, I think I called Quintana I, uh, with, uh, and, uh, with Nicholas got uh, yeah, earlier. And uh, you know, he's, he's with pitcher list and we were talking about him. He's a big Cardinals guy. And, he, you know, they, they're supposedly in on, you know, Montas. They are definitely in on Soto. They did not do their, 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 they did not get their big trade though. They got little trades. Yeah. No, they, they traded as though their plan is to kind of grind their way to the playoffs. 
mm-hmm. right? Like they, like Mon- like you said, Montgomery's not awesome, but he's a he's a five or five or five and a bit innings pitcher who can have a mid three ZRA. They grab Quintana, who in that division so far this year had had a mid three ZRA. Like their their goal, I think, like you said, they don't have this high end ace. They don't look scary in a playoff series, but they do look like a team that's that's out to kind of grind their way into the playoffs. I'm a little surprised they thought that they didn't need Bader, that they feel comfortable with the outfield group they have, which right now is Dylan Carlson, Tyler O'Neill, and Lars Newtbar. I mean, uh, they left themselves, yeah, again, unless Ray like... on the bench? Eh, gross. Yeah. Like, that's I, not good. No, well, yeah, they seem like they'd be an obvious team to add an outfielder. Sometimes Edmund yeah. plays the outfield, I guess. Uh, yeah, especially now that DeYoung is back up. Uh, that maybe they put Edmund in back in the outfield a little bit, but yep. Newbar, who actually has been pretty good lately, uh, you know, but they refuse to. Tr- well, no, he has. Ah, I don't think so. Actually, <laughs> he's not been that good. I, or maybe he just started so badly that the his overall stats still make it look like it's not good. Yes, six ninety OPS. I thought it was interesting. They refused to include Dylan Carlson in any deal involving mm-hmm. Soto. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, I, I guess. I guess. Uh, yeah, I like Dylan Carlson. I, I was all over him this year. They like him more. Um, you know, O'Neill's banged cup. up, and he, he hasn't had this consistent level of performance. Yeah, it's a very interesting roster build. May, I was gonna say maybe the Cubs wouldn't trade with them, but Ian Happ I think would have made a lot of sense for the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Again, that's another grind your way to the playoffs type guy, but at least it would replace Bader with someone who's been a better offensive player than Bader this year maybe isn't quite the, the outfielder Bader is, but I like something like that. And then they've added Montgomery. I don't know this. Yeah. Like you said, this is very Cardinals. I think they can potentially grind their way into a playoff spot just by having one guy after another, go out and post, post a decent start and the bullpen be solid and the hitting be just good enough. And, but then they, they look like a team that you'd love to play in the first round. Yeah, or yeah, or at least the second round. Maybe they even win that three versus six or four versus five series, but then they run into the Dodgers, Padres, yeah. or Mets, or Braves, and are way and, overmatched. Yeah, I, and you know, I, I just can't see them winning two seven game series back to back in those next next two rounds. Yeah, so that yep. that's where I think the story ends. Um, and yep. maybe it, it it could be owner driven again. For all we know, yep. Bill DeWitt might be there saying, "Hey, I got you, Arenado. I'm not going to spend another, you know, this. Yep. That's just not what I'm going to do." So I get it. But I, I, if you're a St. Louis fan, I, I understand your disappointment there because that that is a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, a little disappointing. Um, I want to talk for my Reds for a second here. Uh, we talked about Molly. We talked about Castillo and what they did for their new teams. But I thought the Reds did pretty well. I didn't like that they put themselves in the position to be sellers in the first point. And this dates back a year and a half ago, and that's covered ground, so I won't belabor the sure. point. But, man, they loaded up for Bear. I mean, I think they got better value in their deals than anyone besides the Soto trade. I thought that, they, you know, both the Castillo and Mally deals were really good prospect returns. So looking at, you know, I use James Anderson's rankings as a proxy, and, you know, that that's a pretty good starting point there. I'm pretty happy with what they got. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I think, yeah, I think they did. Like you said, they made the best of a bad situation. They were in a bad situation, and they moved their guys. Like, they moved Brandon Drury. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, they, like they aren't holding anyone right now where teams are looking around or we're sorry, where fans are looking around and being like, why didn't you trade that guy? Just get whatever you can for him. Like they moved, they moved Castillo, they moved Mally, they moved Drury. Their team in a 2022 sense is so much worse than it was a couple of a few days ago. But like you said, the prospect cupboard is now 
much, much more full. And now Reds fans have something they can start looking towards in the future. Yeah. I, I want to ask you about Drury and like, is he going to still be fantasy playable? I think this is not a bad landing spot for him with the. It's going to be a great lineup. It's a great lineup. He'll probably hit in the lower half of it, but even the lower half of that lineup is not bad. Um, I don't know. When Tatis comes back, I still think, I think if, I think if Drury goes into San Diego and hits, like he's been hitting, at least hits somewhat like he's been hitting. I think there's room for them to play him. I agree. I, I, he won't play third, obviously. He'll play some second, although Cronenworth is such a better defensive player. Uh, but he could play a corner outfield spot yeah. or DH. And I think those spots, that's that's fine. I think that's what he's, you know, obviously well, he's not going to play right field, but could play left field. Uh, Profar will play here and there. I mean, the thing is they have all this ability to mix and match now. Uh, but Drury, you know, all the like the stat cast data supports what he's been doing. Yep. It's not just like a lot, a lot of lucky homers in Great American Small Park. Uh, it helps that he was playing there, but he's been hitting rockets all year. Um, yeah, and, and if he like he's got, he's at an 855 OPS. If, if he keeps hitting like that, you find a way to put him in your lineup, even if you just DH him every day. Like you don't. Hits, sit, if he has a 795 OPS, you still play him. I Absolutely, mean, you don't yeah. sit like those guys. So yeah, so he's definitely fantasy rosterable still, and I think he plays often enough that uh, that this doesn't kill him. It hurts him a little bit ballpark wise, homer wise. It hurts him maybe mm-hmm. a, once one game a week where he sits maybe. Uh, maybe two. I don't know, but I still think he's he's most he's still a guy you keep hold on to for sure. Uh, yeah, and I like what you know coming back for in the Drury trade. They got uh, you know they got uh, Acosta, another shortstop. They've gotten a bunch of shortstops. That's okay. It's okay to have a extra talent at the most important position. Not being a pitcher, that is. I you know it's the most important defensive position. Anybody that can play shortstop can play anywhere else but catcher. Um, you can put them anywhere. Uh, they're great athletes. They're the best athletes on the field. The Reds, one of the things I liked is they took the best available players, period. Um, guy, you can move guys to yep, different positions. The rest later. Yep. You can turn them around in trades later on. I, it, it's a, it's fine. It's it, that part is really good. I am not happy that they had to trade, but you know, again, just looking at what they got, I think they did well. Uh, we got some complaints about the Mets. Uh, two of them here. So I'll, I'll go back to that, scroll back for that a little bit there, because, you know, I think there are a lot of unhappy Mets, Mets fans right now. Uh, and I get it. I, I, you want the, them, they, you want the Mets to be involved in Soto, but honestly, I, I, I don't think it was realistic that they would get Soto for a couple of things, uh, reasons. And they also, they did their big swing for the fences in the off season. They got Scherzer, they got Marte, they got Kana, Kana or Kanya. Um, you know, the fact is they've invested in their product. Cohen has been putting money into this team. I don't think, uh, you know, they could have gotten the cat. They could have gotten Wilson Contreras. And I would have been, I think that would have made sense for them because he's better than James McCann, but I, I have no problem with them. I, I, I don't put them among the losers here. Um, I think this is still a very strong team. Yeah, I agree. I, I do think Contreras is the pardon the pun, the swing and miss from them. Like I, that one would have made perfect sense. The fact that Cubs didn't deal him makes me feel like yeah. maybe the Cubs are just dumb, but it makes me feel like they didn't get any offers they even liked a little bit. So right. I feel like they ask, like maybe they, they could have got him. Like it wasn't like they were competing with a lot of other teams. 
um, they made it like a one that's kind of interesting. It's kind of raised like um, Darren Ruff is a right-handed bat. That's really good against lefties. They recently added Daniel Vogelback, who's a left-handed bat. Who's good against righties. There yeah. is a scenario over there where they can kind of platoon them and probably between the two of them could get an eight something OPS, you know, out of one lineup spot. So that's kind of an interesting one. Um, and Tyler Naquin before that too, is another yeah, like yes. part that they yes, can he's use. Not, like, you know, from his time in Cincinnati, like Tyler Naquin's not nothing. He's not a great player, but. Yeah. Like, again, like, like he's a major leaguer. He's not having his best season this year, but we're talking about someone who's who's had some decent seasons. Like last year, he hit 809 OPS. Like he was decent last year, right? 70 runs driven in and 411 at bats. Like he was decent last year. So I think he's yeah. someone to help him. They just didn't have that eye popping. Michael Givens in the bullpen is kind of just a guy. He's useful for sure. As, as they like the suggest, they didn't add a lefty. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I get that. I'll tell you though, some of the adding best a lefty would have made a lot of sense. Yeah, some of the best bullpens I've seen don't have any lefties in it. Yeah, um, it's I, I've seen that before. So, yeah, that that would have made some sense. Is to, but what was available? He Andrew Chafin was suggested, but who knows what the Tigers' asking price was? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Tigers made one trade, one Michael yep. Fulmer, and that's it. You know, Gregory Soto, they could have gone for him too while they're at it. There, you know, out of you know, away from the tires, but the tires might've been asking for the moon and thinking that they'd get it. And they didn't. Um, I, I actually thought there'd be more reliever trades than we saw even. Yes. Uh, <laughs> way more, way more. That's my, mm-hmm. one of my most surprising things today is just, I thought there would be more Michael Givens trades. These yep. little trades where just a veteran reliever who's useful, but not awesome gets traded for a low level prospect because why would the Cubs keep Michael Givens for the rest of the year? I thought there'd be way more, Trade yeah. is, is I, I'm not up on Andrew Chafin's contract situation. Maybe he's still under contract next year, and maybe the Tigers are thinking that they can. The Tigers, the Tigers thought this year they were going to be the Guardians. Yeah, right. Like the Guardians are that 500-ish team hanging around in a weak division that the Tigers thought they were going to be, and they aren't. But maybe they think that they can reload, and that maybe next year Torkelson starts hitting all of a sudden. Riley Green takes off, and you know the pitching. Guys like Mize and Manning figure it out, and maybe, yeah. and maybe Chafin. Guys like Chafin are under contract next year, and they want to keep them. He is I, under contract next year. He signed a two-year, thirteen million dollar deal in March. Yeah, does so, include an opt-out clause for next year, though. A clause for next year. I would, I would uh, stay in that deal if I was him. <laughs> yeah, probably so. Yeah. Uh, and you know, the thing is, uh, there. Yeah, and so it is a little interesting to see how that happened. But you know, Chafin, you know, he has a two fifty-three RA, a one hundred six WHIP. I mean, he, he's been solid. Only yep. one homer allowed all year. He that would have been a good one uh, to add. So yeah, good suggestion. You know the Astros they did add a lefty, but they added they did it in an unconventional way. They traded away one of the guys in their starting rotation and Jake Odorizzi to the Braves. You know it was like a kind of win win because the Braves actually are blessed with lefty uh, bullpen depth. Uh, you know they trade. It's not often you see a contending team trade away two guys of their bullpen. They trade away Jesse Chavez and they trade away Will Smith. Mm-hmm. Now, they added Iglesias and they added another starter. Obviously, this is with uh, Ian Anderson in mind. They had to get, you know, the, Ian Anderson's as good as gone from the uh, rotation now. Uh, but the Braves still have three other lefties in their bullpen, A.J. Minter, Tyler Matzik, and Dylan Lee, all who are pretty good. So they're just blessed with the lefties. And maybe Anderson finds himself in the bullpen you know, and gets it back, or maybe they send him down the AAA. I don't know which route they'll take on that. That's an interesting one. So, okay, first of all, and I saw this comment in our chat about half an hour ago, kudos to Alex Anthopoulos. I'm a huge Alex Anthopoulos fan. Yep. Another great deadline for him. 
getting Robbie Grossman, who hits lefties really well and can platoon with Eddie Rosario, super smart. I think the Odorizzi for Will Smith trade for the Braves, like you said, makes a ton of sense. The Braves can cover the loss of Will Smith. Deepening that starting group is going to pay off for them. That makes a lot of sense. Obviously, the Iglesias trade is a huge one, but it also sets them up to not have to get a closer on the free agent market. Ian Anderson is really interesting. So your comment was he's good as gone from the rotation. And I'm not like 100% sure on that. Like his last yeah. start was so good. Six innings, no runs, one hit, nine strikeouts. You know what? You're right. And I then, hadn't noticed that. So I the think start was Saturday. That, Right. So the start before that was the one against the Angels that you and I talked about because I streamed him in friends and family and he was awful. <laughs> but the three starts before that were all five or five and a third, but only one or two runs allowed. Not amazing starts, but certainly like hold on to your rotation spot tight starts. Now, I won't say he's been good this year because he hasn't. His ERA is basically five. His 150 whip, Fred. 150, 49 crazy walks bad. and 101 innings. Yep. The walk rate is not getting any better. He's continuing to walk batters. But he was better last start. I feel like he will get another start. I feel like they'll probably kind of go start to start with him the rest of the way. Um, Spencer Strider's the other one that he came from the bullpen. He was an amazing weapon in the bullpen for them. He could go back to the bullpen at some point. Um, or they'll go six-man rotation. Or they can go six-man rotation to kind of – and I think that's their solution because it paces out Strider. Mm-hmm. It paces out Kyle Wright. Paces out Strider, huh? That's I like right. that. <laughs> There's a pun. You didn't I even didn't try even, to do it. Didn't you even did try it. to do it. it. Just comes naturally. Those are the best ones. I it paces out Kyle Wright. It mm-hmm. limits the damage Ian Anderson can do. Right, like he's now he's only starting one of every six games. Um, you know, Charlie Morton's an older guy. He might not might not be hurt by pitching every six games instead of every fifth game down the stretch. Jake Odorizzi's hardly an ace. Like they're not a top heavy rotation. I think Strider's really good, but like again, pacing him out. Makes a lot of sense. I think six man makes a lot of sense for them. And as we know, six man rotations have a way of just working themselves out. Like in a month, one of these guys, three weeks, whatever, one of these guys will be hurt and they'll be back to a five. But a six for now, unless Ian Anderson comes out this week and just gets blown up again and they want to give him some triple A starts, I think a six man makes sense for now, which hurts everybody's fantasy value a little bit. But I don't know. If you have guys like Strider, you probably knew some sort of innings issue was coming. Probably, probably so. Yeah, you're just happy if you were the guy who got him off waivers. Let's talk about one of uh, Atlanta's trade partners, the Houston Astros. Rare to see two contending teams trade with each other, uh, but it happened. Uh, need for need. Uh, the Astros didn't have any lefties in their bullpen, so Will Smith is a perfect fit. They had a good bullpen, really good bullpen. Presley, Montero, Norris, Stanek, and Matone are all pretty good. Brian Abreu is actually pretty solid, but Blake Taylor's in the 60-day IL. They didn't really have a lefty of note uh, in their bullpen. They had a six-man rotation with Odorizzi with Lance McCullers ramping up. I think this it, it shows McCullers is going to go in the rotation. He's not going to go in the yeah. bullpen like we thought might might happen. They kind of address that issue a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that, that that made sense. I, they did targeted acquisitions. They went out and they got the lefty reliever. They got a catcher improvement in Christian Vasquez. We'll see how they meet out the playing time uh, between he and uh, Martin Maldonado because – Everything I've read suggests uh, Machete, which is what they call Maldonado, is really good at handling pitchers, calling a good game, et cetera, et cetera. But, man, he's woeful at the plate. <laughs> he sure is. He can't even get a 600 OPS the last couple of years. So, yeah, he's as bad as an offensive player as you'll see for someone who gets that amount of playing time. He does hit the occasional homer, so he does do something. But, yeah, he he's awful. Um, I thought the Astros deadline – Oh. 
I'm not sure. Did you mention Trey Mancini? No, I was getting there next. But roster, yeah. 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 So that's a huge one. He's someone who could be helped by hitting in that lineup and getting yep. out of Baltimore, maybe with the way their park's been playing this year. I they, think the Astros had a great deadline. Yeah, I think the one thing they didn't address was center field. Uh, right. But Mancini plays a corner. Yeah, maybe every once in a while, Jordan Alvarez still plays the alpha. But they said they wanted Alvarez to play uh, be the DH more often than not. That does take away an avenue of playing time for Vasquez, though. Um, you know, every once in a while you think Vasquez might be a DH or something like that. Uh, and they added Mancini, who's either going to be first or outfield. Uh, so either Yuli Gurriel might 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 also be a guy that loses some playing time. Yeah, I kind of see it shaking down as, yeah, Gurriel probably and Mancini are like the DH first base combo. Um, well, no, Alvarez will probably end up, I guess Alvarez has to end up back at DH. A good amount. You're right. Gurriel could lose some playing time depending on how much Alvarez plays in the outfield, especially once Michael Brantley's back. Once Michael yeah. Brantley's back, Alvarez has to slide to DH. I think Chaz McCormick's hit okay lately. Like, I guess they've decided him and Myers are good enough in the outfield. I, I think Vasquez, I think this is a fantasy loss for Vasquez in the sense that I just don't think he'll play as much. He'll, he might play more than Maldonado, but one of the things that made Vasquez appealing as a member of the Red Sox is they played him a lot. He would yeah. be one, not like JT Rail Muto a lot, but he would be, or, or Sal Perez a lot, but he would be one of the leaders in the league and played appearances by catchers. So I don't think he's going to do that the rest of the way. So I think this is a loss for him, but overall, I just think the Astros did some smart things they're deeper at catcher now. They have the ability to pull Maldonado when they need to late in the game. They can pinch hit for him with Vasquez and then, right, and then leave Vasquez in for the rest of the game. And maybe he's not quite the defensive catcher Maldonado is, but if they need it in a big spot, that's a way to do it. They don't even have to burn two two bench spots by, you know, pinch hitting with someone else. They can pinch hit with Vasquez. So, And the yeah. bullpen maneuver to me was just perfect. Like, they're so heavy right-handed. They've got good pitchers. Now they've got a lefty with Will Smith. They didn't have room for Odorizzi in the rotation once McCullers comes back. Yeah, they can still go six-man, like you said, with McCullers. That kind of paces out some guys like Verlander and Javier the rest of the way. I think they're in a really good spot. I like their deadline more than the Yankees, for example. Much more. Yeah, yeah, I think I think so. Yeah. Um, I hate saying such good things about the Astros, <laughs> but after everything that happened right. a couple of years ago, but I, but I do find that they may, that they're a smart organization. I think they are. James Click is a pretty smart GM. Yeah. Uh, another X-ray with a bigger budget now, uh, and good for Dusty Baker. I want him to win one. Actually, mm-hmm. me too. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. Yeah. So yeah. I think they did well. How about their trade partner, the Boston Red Sox? I don't understand what the heck they're doing. I think they're not going for it. Um. I think they're almost well, like clearly big, they're not. They trade away their starting Cleveland. catcher. Yeah, they're like a big budget Cleveland. They're just gonna see what happens. You got keep the same guys going out and just see what happens. Like you said, like they got they must have liked the return from Houston to get Vasquez. Like they must have been like, okay, that's a prospect we want. Yep, we'll make that deal and we'll get worse at catcher. They picked up Reese McGuire for very little. They'll use Plowecki more. Um, adding Tommy Pham is like something, although. He's a guy who's maybe a little more of a fantasy asset than a real life asset. He hasn't yeah. hit well lately. Like it, it's fine. It's fine. I it's not going to needle. It's not going to put Boston in the playoffs. You know, I mean, I guess they don't. The, I mean, Jaron Duran had a big homer yesterday. Excuse yeah. me, yesterday. Yeah. Um, and it's a highly thought of prospect, but maybe they don't love him. I don't know. I mean, that that's all I can think of there. But 
I thought the fam one was really weird. When they got rid of Vasquez, I was like, okay, they're going to be at least a little bit in cell mode. Maybe they'll still try it, but they'll be a little in cell mode. But to me, the fam just doesn't make sense. I thought then at that point, maybe just use Franchi Cordero a lot the rest of the year and maybe finally see what you have in him. They didn't trade Evaldi, so they didn't go full sell. That would have been that would have been the full sell mode, right? It would have been they right. JD and Martinez, I, didn't who's going to be a free agent? Right. Xander Bogarts who could opt out after this year. Yeah. Um maybe he won't opt out, but you know, I I I they need to have that conversation with uh with you know, you know, you know with Xander there to see what they're going to do. I mean, maybe they yeah. all along weren't plan- or kind of counting on that cuz they signed Story and want to move him back to shortstop eventually. I don't know. The Red Sox are loaded in the farm system. They do have yep. one of the better farm systems out there. And the, uh, Valdez, the third baseman they got in the uh, in the in, in the in the Vasquez trade, he's a number one eleven on James Anderson's list. So that's not uh, to be sneezed at. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got uh, Bello that's up in the, the rotation right now, or has been at least. They got you know Cassis. We keep on waiting for doing the Hosmer deal. That that was weird, um, but I. I, I guess they, they had to have liked the return they were getting uh, from one of the minor leagues they yep. got from the Padres. Yep. They again, traded away one yep. minor league of their own in that deal. Yeah. And they, like, that's just them. Yeah. They, like you said, they wanted the prospect. We don't see that trade in baseball all that often. We see it often. I see it way more in hockey where teams mm-hmm. take on a guy that nobody wants because they can get a prospect or a draft pick out of it. So, you know, I think, yeah, they, they took it on to get a prospect they like. So, I think the future's still bright in I think maybe Boston decided this. The future's still bright in Boston. Like you said, they have good prospects and they have money. They have good prospects and they have money. They can go and sign free agents this winter and bring up prospects and like like they can do those things. The future's bright. This year's Boston team, I don't think it really feels especially with Chris Sale now back out. I don't think it feels at all like a contender to anyone. Like if they got in the playoffs, like look at that rotation. Right. right? It's awful. Like, yeah, Ivaldi is sometimes good. Pavetta's been good in stretches this year. The rest of it's not good at all. The bullpen's not good. It's, it's got some pieces with Locke and Hauk, but yeah, I think, I, like I said, the whole thing that I only thing I find weird is getting fam. I just don't get. I think I the think. Hosmer trade's weird. I'm looking at those prospects too, and I'm nonplussed. Now maybe I'm, yeah. I'm reading that wrong, and I'm not. Again, I'm number scouting. I'm yeah. reputation scouting. I'm not a scout. How much but, are they paying Hosmer though? I didn't in all the flurry deals. If they're not paying him any money, or they're getting some cash considerations. But I think, I oh, they think must Hosmer be, uh, they, like San Diego must be paying most of that contract. Uh, yeah, I guess um, that, that was my thinking. If they're hardly paying him anything, then they can cut him if they have to. If they, well, like, and here's the thing: yeah, it must be. But it's you know he Hosmer's got an opt out clause. I don't think the team does, and Hosmer. It would be the dumbest decision in the world to no, opt out of this contract. Yeah, I, I don't just think he's that deluded that, in his own ability. So yeah, I, I just assume that when we get the full financials on that, that the Padres are paying most of it, the Red Sox are paying very little, and mm-hmm. it's just like found money. If he hits in Boston, great. If he doesn't hit, they just cut him next season. And, I guess. And then who cares? They picked up some low-level prospect for nothing. I'm going to guess too that San Diego was so intent on getting Soto. But there was no chance they were letting Eric Cosmer hold up that deal. So, when well, yeah. Would, uh, so by the way, they quickly the reformed Nats. it so quickly and included yeah. Voight instead. When he wouldn't go to the Nats, they were just like, "Sure, Voight." And then they talked to Boston, and they were like, "Look, we'll pay for him. Will you just take him? Use him sometimes at first base. We don't really care. Just take him. We'll pay. We'll pay for him. 
you just get them off her roster. Can that, can, I guess you can spend your way out of luxury tax consideration. Is that, the, you know, yeah. that, that I guess. Yeah. I don't know how yeah. this works. Yeah. But. but I do think, like I said, I do think the future is bright in Boston because they have money and they have prospects so they can bring up prospects. And then when those prospects are good, they can spend money on free agents. Yeah. And it's just, but I just, this is one of the worst Boston teams we've seen. Not one of the, I, that's maybe a little harsh. It's not one of the better Boston teams we've seen in the last decade. So, and it doesn't feel like a team that could, could win a playoff series against whatever Toronto, Tampa, like, like I think they look worse than Minnesota by far. And we mm-hmm. said Minnesota, we didn't think could win a playoff series. Yeah, that's so, true. Yeah, that's true. I think that, um, you know, I, I think Minnesota might be able to, but yeah, the, it, it would be depend on, depend on the matchups a little bit, obviously, too. Charlie but, Brown in the football. You're just going to believe him. Minnesota could still win, eh? Well, they're not going to be paired <laughs> against the Yankees in the first round, so no. they got that going for them. No, they're going to get the last wild card team. Like, they're going to get probably one of Toronto, Tampa, or Seattle. I guess it's fine. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll go back on that. I think they could, with, with home field for all three games, I guess, I think it's possible. I think they would, yeah, if they, if they get a home field series against the Rays or the Mariners, yeah, I can see that. It's fine. And then Although they the Mariners are reformed too. We'll see. Uh, when yeah. you know they got Castillo now, and yeah. Castillo, well, Robbie, Ray, Logan, them. Gilbert's a pretty good one, two, three. I, I would pick Minnesota to lose that series, but but I like I give them a chance. Yeah. yeah, I do not give them a chance in the next round going to Houston. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, I'd absolutely agree with that. Yeah. All right, that is going to uh, wrap it up. Is there anybody else that we missed? Uh, not much. Do you think there's any chance the Dodgers can fix Joey Gallo? Sure. It, it costs them nothing. Yeah. I, but they probably can't fix them fast enough to matter for fantasy this year. Yeah. Oh, Philly. Philly. Brandon That's the one Marsh. thing we didn't touch. Brandon Marsh, Noah oh, Syndergaard, uh, David Robertson. If you're a Phillies fan, are you happy with your haul? Um, yeah, I think so. I, especially because the Phillies are not the Yankees. They're not the Dodgers. Like, they're not at the top of the league right now. Like, they're a team battling for a wild card spot. So they could have easily gone the guardians Red Sox route, especially with Harper hurt and said, nah, it's just not us this year, but they get, they're getting Gene Segura back. They're hopeful to get Harper back at some point. They seem excited about Brandon Marsh. I'm not at all. Like, I don't think he's a very good player. Well, so. he's a center fielder and I yeah. think that can't be discounted um, because they've had such subpar quality defense defense in the outfield this year. He can go pick it. Yep. For sure. Um, I was actually just out of uh, Angels game, as you know, recently, and I watched him pick a few. Now it wasn't in center field; it was in uh, in left field, but I still watched him pick it a few times. Yep. Um, his OPS this year, just for the record, is lower than uh, Odubel Herrera, who they released. I I, I understand that now, but, but you're right; the defensive value for sure. I think um, there's a team malaise going on with the Angels too. I really do. Yeah, I think he's better than that. Uh, it wasn't better sure. last year as a rookie, or not much better. 673 last yeah. year, rookie year. I don't know. I'm just not that sold on him as an offensive player, but I do agree he could help them just with his defense rest of the year. I think Robertson helps them a ton because that bullpen's not great. And Syndergaard helps them, even though I don't know in fantasy terms if this is an up. I don't think this is an upgrade for Syndergaard. No, uh, <laughs> except for the, the run support. Run support yeah. will be better. Yeah, it'll be better. Ballpark will um, be worse. Division's um, probably about a wash. Like, like I know the Nats and Marlins are appealing, but the Braves and Mets aren't, and the AL right. West is probably about the same overall as far as the four lineup. Actually, yeah, you like, got A's and Rangers. All the Rangers yeah, at least are trying. The A's um, are real easy, right? It's, but maybe so. No one in the AL Houston. Actually, I'd say no one in the AL West is as scary as the Braves. 
Yeah, they Houston haven't been as productive as the Braves this year. So, yeah, but um, Houston is, and Seattle is. They're not so, as far as like run scored or OPS as a team this year. Like the Braves are are above them. So they are weirdly, but I, I nonetheless, I I almost always want to avoid Houston. They don't strike out. They don't. They just they're a long lineup, and they just got lengthier. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, no. They they they're. I agree. Like they're a good lineup for sure. Um, yeah. yeah. Anyways, I just think Park is a negative like the park switch is a negative one for Syndergaard and the I don't know he's another one of the guys who got traded today and I'm not really that excited about yep I'm not yep. I'm not any more excited about him there's no like now that the NL has the DH so he doesn't get that bump um yeah but but I actually have one more question for you by the way before we yeah. sign off oh and I oh and I will admit the Astros are better than I thought I thought they were further behind the Braves they're actually only one spot behind the Braves in OPS so I'll say they're a wash actually I, I thought right. they were further away anyways yeah. go ahead Ale Tout Wars. Yes. Well, we got to talk about this for a minute. I'm sitting second in fab remaining. Castillo oh, went off the boards third. last this week. Is, this is good. No, it's not. Tyler Malley is a clear number one. Oh, no. Is there nothing else? Okay, I just so, assumed. Yeah. Well, it's Tommy Pham. No. Well, wait, wait. There's more. <laughs> Harrison, a hurt Harrison Bader. I take him over Tommy Pham, I think. Oh, I might not, actually. You're right. I might not. Oh, it's so bad. It's You're really right. bad. So I mean, how do we have this if many? Jesse games? Chavez ch- sa- saves games for the Angels. He's there. Uh, oh, it's so bad. We had so many trades, but you're right. Like they're not. It's not that trade. many cross league trades. Not that, and the one then the ones that were. No, they're not good. I'm either. looking at like, Tommy Pham. Um, I and I don't, and it's kind of a little like <laughs> that is crossing, terrible. Crossing my fingers, hoping he plays. That is, uh, I would take him over Bader just because he's healthy. That is so yeah. disappointing. I, you're right. The Montas in the in the league, the whole Soto trade, the Hater trade, like the Iglesias trade kills Iglesias' value. It's not even that great for NL people. The right. Merrifield one in the league, the Mancini one, the Lopez, the Robertson. That Vasquez. is unbelievable. Wilson Contreras not going to the Astros is what yes. me. Obviously, in Soto going over would have been huge. This but... was such a busy deadline and just – Everything was within the almost everything was within the leagues. Yeah, I would have never guessed. I just thought with the volume of trades that for sure there would have been something more appealing than Tommy Pham for you before we broke it all down right now. Yeah, I don't think there is. I really don't think there There's is. There's not. You're right. Like you said, unless the Angels settle on a closure this Which week. Which is why when you said Thor, I was thinking that you might have been in an NL league and how you weren't enthused about him. But and the NL is not much better. I don't plan. I don't. I'm only in one NL only league, and I, in fact, it might be worse. Yeah. But it's maybe like, well, it's Thor, it's Iglesias. Yeah, the maybe Iglesias yeah. is helpful in an NL league for sure. I mean, at least in the AL, you got Castillo and Mali, but I mean, that's that's pretty thin. And, and David Peralta went last week. I was, I tweeted yeah. about this. Like, do you if you're sitting with the number two hammer in the AL last weekend, do you use it on Peralta, or do you wait no. to see what else comes over? You wait. I would take uh, Sam over and Bader over Peralta. Would you? Yeah, and just because they can steal bases and he can't. Assuming yeah. I can steals. And he's uh, not going to play. Well, it's it. Peralta went and Rob Leibowitz spent, you know, the number. He spent enough that moved me from three to two in terms of uh, uh, on the pecking. So I would have waited if I was Rob, although it wouldn't have worked out for him. Well, he wouldn't have got much. No. If he got better, he wouldn't have got much better. No. That no. is fascinating. I thought for sure. It's depressing. Someone. It is, it's depressing for you. It's fascinating for me. <laughs> yeah. I'm not for sure even like a Brandon Drury. Like even just – like I would have way rather him if he got oh, God, in yeah. situation. Yeah. I thought yeah. at least at second you would get someone like him. Yeah. And then like 
but I mean, the Blue Jays got Mitch White, who might not even start. Um, yeah, you can't bid on him. I, I can bid on him, but you I'm not going to spend. Because just remember how thin the onlys are. Yeah, but it, it's 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 really disappointing. Yeah, you know, it's not a whole lot out there. Yeah, I yeah, I can't believe it. I, that's fascinating. Yeah, and I never I hadn't put the whole thing together because I'm just thinking more mixed leagues. I hadn't put the whole thing together until for a while. It was Luke Weaver and Will Smith were number two and number three behind Fam, but uh, now it, it's Mally Fam. I think I'm going. I think I'm going to end up with Tommy Fam. I, I prefer Mally, uh, but yeah, I, 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 I highly suspect Joe's going to starter. What's that? Is there any chance the person with the hammer just doesn't need a so starter? It's Joe Sheehan. So let's go take a look at his roster real quick. Uh, I'm not sure this is fascinating hearing me talk through this, but <laughs> if you've made it this far in the podcast, you probably really, really like fantasy baseball, and you'll you'll hear this out. Yeah, we might be abusing that privilege. But <laughs> Joe, Joe's in, Joe needs everything. I think. Okay. Um, he's got Jarrell Cotton as active on his roster. And you can't uh, trade for Fab, right? You would have had to trade for it last. No, week. I can trade Fab. You can trade Fab, but I can't do it for this period. It's too that's late. what I mean. No, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. what I meant. You would have had to trade for it before Sunday to get ahead yeah. of Joe. Yep. And looking at Joe's ros- roster answered my question whether Felix Felix Bautista is available. No, he's not. Um, and he's got Joe Kelly active on his roster. Yeah, would he. Tyler need- Malley have been the perfect also positional fit for you more so than a hitter hundred thousand percent okay so why don't you go to joe and offer him like a trade i will give you player x if you give me fab so that i can leap for i can't you can't trade fab you'd have to like get the player and then trade him not i can't well not in time for the bidding fab can't be used i don't think so you're right okay so you would have to go to joe and be like i'll give you player x if you take someone other than tyler malley yeah and so that i can get him with my second or that or you just you trade know. me tyler malley you take malley i'll take whoever you want so you want fam i'll take fam and then i'll give you fam and player x for malley's like that, that, that would be the uh formation of it for sure yes. uh i'm sitting with five points and wins so that's my right. worst category right um well it's tuesday you've got till sunday you could try to make that deal with joe Yep. Hopefully Joe's listening and he can even initiate, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> probably if he were listening, he probably weren't listening this deep. So uh, probably it's okay. Yeah. All right. Any other thoughts before we part? I am fully out of thoughts. I am, I am ready too. to go watch the end of my Blue Jays game and, and bang out the rest of this trade deadline article. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thanks everybody for listening to us and sitting through this this whole time. Appreciate all the comments in the forum. It really is great. Uh, especially on a day like today. It was a fun day. Uh, good luck. Hopefully the trade trade deadline treats you well, uh, and that your teams all win. Thanks for listening. Take care. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts. So you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.